Welcome to Home Dad Chat, brought to you by the National At-Home Dad Network. My name is Brock. My name is Danny. We are here to talk about life as stay-at-home dads. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. No, I don't want much. I even love handmade crafts made of macaroni. Come on now, you should know me. Sometimes I might eat too much. No worry about my weight. Got the dad bod rocking on me. Sketches on my feet. Cargo shorts look good on me. I'm a dad, that's what I do. What is wrong with me? Brian and Gilmore Girls again, huh? Wait, who are you? Sorry, I'm Perry. Perimenopause. Her name is Perimenopause. Can you get out of my house? Absolutely not. I'm going to be here for a while. How long? 15 years, give or take. You're making me really anxious. You catch on quick. What? I'm the reason you're feeling everything right now. What do you mean everything? Probably easiest if I just give you this brochure. Oh, thanks. Hold on. First, let me do this for you real quick. Okay, well, Perry, you're making it too dark to read. Right? When the light is low. Vision's gone. How am I supposed to read this? Get your little readers, shine the cell phone light. Just be glad I'm not making you drive right now. Be like bumper cars out there making you drive at night. This is just a lot to process. I need a glass of wine. Finally. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, that's a pretty big glass. Here you go. Thank you. Now take a big sip. All night slumber party. Me and you, babes. No, 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 I need my sleep. No way, not with that wine. Now that you've had the smallest bit of alcohol, we're gonna stay up all night long. I can't function without sleep. We'll tell ghost stories because you know that triggers your anxiety and then you'll spend all night thinking something terrible will happen. Why would I ever wanna? We will stay up all night. No wine is worth it. That's it, you know what? I am gonna go put on my PJs. Just make sure to do it in front of a well-lit mirror. Why exactly? So when you get undressed, you can see all those changes I've made to your body. Yeah. Some of my best work, really. Yeah, I weigh the same, but nothing really fits. It's really a gift. I can just like shift everything around. I exercise, I eat right. And nothing, right? <laughs> and how's that acne? And why am I breaking out again? The hormones of a teenager with all the metabolism. Chef's kiss. None of this matters, I'm going to bed. No, you're not. The feeling of impending doom and irrational thoughts will start soon. Are you getting emotional about your daughter leaving for college soon? She's not leaving for 18 months. But here come the mood swings. Whatever. This is so fun, the panic mixed with the depression. Let's get you tucked in. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow to get rid of you. Oh, that's fine. I mean, most doctors are just gonna gaslight you into believing I'm not real. That's awful. That's me, I'm awful. I'm going to bed. My skin is so itchy. I know, right? get weird. Hi. So funny, funny story. My husband came up with and wrote this entire script. I wanted to write something funny about how my hormones are running my life and give kind of like the different personality to the symptoms. And Penn wrote this entire thing in four seconds about peri, perimenopause, because we do have another person in our marriage. And that is Perry. Perry is new to our marriage. Um, she shows up at weird times, and um, my husband has been so, so patient, but sometimes Perry um, makes me feel a little bananas in a way that is new and fresh. Right, honey? Yeah. New and fresh. Like if I'm ever acting poorly and I'm behaving in a way that he's not used to, I'm just gonna say it's not me, it's Perry. So use that too. If, is Perry in your house? Perry's up. Check out the whole family.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. 
Hope it's been a good week for you. Uh, we've got a special edition of uh, Home Dad Chat today for you. Uh, special guest is uh, my wife. Hi, Corey. Hello. You're going to Hi, speak Corey. up a little bit louder. Hi. <laughs> Hola. I'm certain you have no problem making your voice heard. N- no, not generally. <laughs> Probably even more today on today's topic than anything else. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be... Uh, doing all the uh, things that we typically do when we start a show. We're just going to get into the meat of uh, our conversation today um, because it is an important conversation that has struck uh, our family. uh, And I think that in a lot of ways has probably touched yours as well. Um, And maybe you don't even know it. Uh, You might not realize that you have a a new person uh, living in your home. (laughs) Not a person, just a personality. Personality, yeah, that has not been uh, fully identified. And so um, hopefully after this conversation, uh, there might be a little bit more uh, light shed on uh shed on this uh this topic and this personality so uh today we're going to be talking about perimetopause and honestly that name did not mean anything to me um a few months ago uh and then after watching uh a tiktok and especially the one that uh we just uh aired before we came on i uh, brought some new uh information and this aha moment for me when uh, I actually saw the first uh, TikTok that was explaining different um, symptoms of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Yes. And I just want to say thank you to Danny and Brock and the Home Dad Chat for being open to this topic and bringing some light to a topic that is under-researched, under-discussed, and often gaslighted by doctors and uh, the overall health community, because most people do not know what it is or how it affects women. Yeah, definitely. I know that uh, when we were talking about it after um, my surgery a little bit, I was like, this would make a good podcast episode. (laughs) And so... Corey and yep. I started batting around how to do it. And I immediately after that was like, I'm going to send Danny some stuff. Danny, have you ever heard of, of this, of this, right. of this name? <laughs> this is and I, and I think everyone has heard of menopause. And honestly, my mom never talked about it. Um, I've never really considered it. And it's something that happens to women when they get older, generally in their fifties and they have hot flashes and they stop having their period. Boom, we're done. Right. And that is the entirety of the education that I had on it, mainly because the women that were in my life that had had that had it or been at that age didn't talk about it. And they definitely weren't going to talk to me about it, I should say. They may talk about it all the time with other you know women, but it wasn't a subject that people were comfortable talking about. And one of the things we've done on this show in a lot of cases and what we do in the organization is make it understood that it's OK to talk about menstruation. To talk about the monthly cycle and the difficulties of it because we're raising, a lot of us are raising daughters who are going to be affected by this, obviously, and we want to be prepared to help them, to give them whatever education we can, to get them ready for it, and then to help them throughout it. You know, I've had pads and tampons in my day bag for 
I don't know how long, as long as I've had it, I think I've always had them with me. And even if it was just for potentially my wife, or maybe, you know, if she wanted it and she'd give it to another woman or whatever, but it was just something, just a daily supply that I should, maybe not daily, but a supply I should have with me at all times. And it was never embarrassing. I've never been worried about buying them. And I never understood that part of it because it was never a bad thing in my life. You know, no one ever said, oh, well, that's gross, you know, or whatever. It's just a part of life, part of living. And perimenopause was absolutely unknown to me. And obviously I don't know anything about menopause actually, (laughs) but perimenopause was when you mentioned it, you said, well, I've got a subject. We should talk about this. And my immediate response was, no, I'm not ready to talk about that. (laughs) I don't even know anything. I could say the word. And that was about as far as I'd gotten at that point. So I really appreciate that you're willing to come on the show, Corey, and that Brock, you and I are both willing to talk about this and bring this forward because the things that, that at least that I've read about and the, the videos that I've watched about how it affects women and the fact that it's gaslit by doctors and by communities that go, no, nah, that's just, she's just crazy. She's just a little, she just, you know, but it comes down to looking at our partners as people that are running into problems that are symptoms of something bigger. Yeah. As opposed to saying, oh, you're just a crazy woman. That's all. You're itchy. What do you mean you're itchy? Or, or you're just depressed or anxious. Right. You're, Let's you're, exactly. You medicine for those things. Yeah. But that's not the root cause of what. Exactly. Yeah. The bigger exactly. picture. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into the weeds, we should probably come up with, we should probably read the definition for what perimenopause is uh, and kind of start at that base of things and yeah. work our way up because uh, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to jump too far ahead. So. Do you have that? Or is that what you got over there? Or I can read it here from uh, the John Hopkins uh, website, actually. So from the John Hopkins website, which I will put in the show notes, uh, says uh, perimenopause is the time around menopause when your ovaries gradually stop working. This is a natural process that causes physical and emotional symptoms. It does not need treatment, but treatment can help lessen symptoms. And then it says treatments include hormones, antidepressants, and lifestyle changes. And we're going to touch on a few of those things and maybe even the comment that says you don't need treatment um, because uh, that... That's BS. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, you'll find that there are some things that uh, are definitely needed for treatment of that. Um, But would you share, Corey, a little bit of kind of your... uh, story slash journey of coming to know what this is and how Perry joined our life. Yeah, there it is. How Perry joined our life. Um, yeah, I, I was just reflecting on this and kind of trying to pinpoint when things really started happening because it is a very gradual transition that sneaks up and kind of invades uh, covertly. So uh, I believe this really started becoming present in my life in uh, 2019. Go figure. Everybody else was experiencing something really drastic at that time, too. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine what. Good old pandemic. Um, and so I got sent home from work full time to then work in my basement whereas previously I had been doing that 50 50 
in an industry, uh, finance industry, and I was customer service. So full-time on the phones with our clients and, um, working alone. So I, I really felt a lot of disconnecting from the community that I had and the, the presence of a, a full building of people that I could interact with regularly. Um, and I just felt depressed. So I went to my primary care physician and I said, doc, I think this is seasonal affective disorder. I think that it's, it's winter, it's cold. I'm working in my basement. It's dark. Um, and I don't, I don't feel like myself. It's the middle of the pandemic. I, I need help. I can't do this alone. Um, got some antidepressants and that seemed to help relieve some symptoms, but not everything. Pandemic continued. We moved my office upstairs because two years in the basement, I was done. I needed more sunlight. Um, ended up having a reaction to my depression medication and um, chose to stop doing that medicine. And it wasn't taking away everything. It was just cutting down the depressive symptoms. And it, it wasn't depression to the point where I ever felt like I was going to injure myself or anyone around me. I never had those moments of suicidal ideation or a plan or anything like that, but it was just really hard and dark. So I gained a lot of weight. I ended up being uh, 235 pounds. I hated that. That increased the depressive symptoms. What and would I, you say that was up from, though? Like, just to kind of get um, an idea, because like some people will be like, that might not be as much weight. 175, 180, 185, somewhere in there. Okay. So that's a lot for me. Had to buy a bunch of new clothes that never felt it doesn't feel good to buy bigger clothes it just right. doesn't yeah so depression gaining weight having some anxiety having anxiety around am i doing my job well enough am i going to have a the ability to move forward there's a pandemic going on my dog died like i was brushing things off on the circumstances and not really understanding that this could be a hormonal shift in my life yeah and i didn't my mother had a hysterectomy early so i didn't have the biological cues from mm -hmm. previous yeah. generations to understand that this could be perimenopause nor did they probably understand it themselves because they just didn't have the science behind it so fast forward more recently i have identified additional symptoms that have become much more present, such as anxiety to the point where I just, I lose words and my heart is beating out of my chest and that there's a little bit of pain there. Um, feel out of control. I snap at my kids for no reason at all, or, uh, very, there is your a, husband. There is a reason. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm oh sure there's a reason beloved. for Brock. We don't even have to go there. <laughs> there That's... could be minor reasons, but irrational mm -hmm. level of snapping. Um, 
And this, and I want to point this out too, because you know, you and I don't know each other very, very well, but right. you have never struck me in anything that I've ever heard Brock say about you, either or what I know about you at work in any way, an irrational or illogical person. You're a person that has always seemed to be very level-headed and be able to look at the world and handle the emotions that it gives you, yeah. right? Without going overboard without either raging or breaking down crying or bursting into laughter it's always been that you were in basically in control of yeah. your emotions yeah before I, that I mean I, again I don't know you very well but it always seems like that I would agree and I have been promoted from the job that I was on the phones full-time into a leadership position and I currently lead 20 adults at work sometimes it feels thank you yeah, yeah um, awesome i it feels like i'm leading teenagers at times and other times it feels like they're actually adults um mm -hmm. but my company is going through a lot of changes too through the pandemic and out of it and currently in a, a big shift and it's a lot of pressure uh yeah so i'm a highly successful woman with two amazing beautiful intelligent children and a super supportive husband it, working for a company that is incredibly supportive and wonderful. And here I am coming home and just losing control over all of my emotions. And um, Hezekiah made pizza the other night and put cheddar cheese on it. And it was supposed to be for his sister and she hates cheddar cheese. It was supposed to be mozzarella cheese. <laughs> it, Whoops. My solution was, you know what? I'm just going to eat this one and it's going to be fine. Just cook the pizza. And I sat down on the couch and I looked at him and I said, this is bullshit. And like lost it. Literally was yelling at him. Mm -hmm. And Brock looked at me and he's like, whoa, you are out of control. You need to walk and go in the other room. And like within seconds, yeah, within seconds of an interchange, I'm going from being angry to realizing that was completely irrational and horrible to sorrow because I couldn't control myself to grief of I'm broken and I don't know how to fix this and feeling like I'm completely crazy and then still being told by my husband go away like yeah and yeah. he didn't mean it in that way he just no. was trying to say time out i was um, also trying to advocate for him because he was in complete he, he shock over the fact right. she's, he wasn't she's like across the room and she's like this is bullshit and he's like right oh, God. right yeah right, right. <laughs> oh. and I, I want to point out too that we talk a lot of times of course most, most of the people we talk to are dads and yeah. anger is always at the forefront because that's the emotion that we're all taught as kids. We're allowed to be angry. You know, we yes. can, we violence will solve anything we have that mentality and we have that uh, allowance and we look at it and we hear dad say, you know, I just lost my temper. And, um, you know, I, I did, I went and I apologized to him. I told him I was doing better. And that's yeah. not the same. I want to point that out because it is yeah. not, I lost my temper or I got too overwhelmed from my day, this is everything is fine. And then suddenly for no reason, everything is just not fine. It, it is the worst. And you had no control really, no real up. trigger, you know? 
because at work I can't do this. A hundred and ten percent cannot do this. You um, can't have that kind of reaction. I cannot have that reaction. Yeah. I I have to mask all of my emotions at work and work even harder to control everything that is going on inside of me. And so when I do come home in my safe space with my safe people who love me dearly and who will give me more grace and mercy and forgiveness than I ever mm-hmm. deserve, um, I can let my guard down, which means that it's more likely to happen at home. I wanted um, to point something out too, because we've you've gone through and you've listed a lot of like this like symptoms and stuff, yeah. but I kind of wanted to be a little more like I guess strategic in those so like you you mentioned uh the mood swings yeah which that in itself is definitely a very predominant part of what's going on uh sleep problems absolutely which I mean you like (laughs) your sleeping schedule is uh, bizarre is yeah, it's it's really wild. And I would imagine like most parents probably deal with different ones, but yours is way different than what it was. Even when, you know, we had kids, like when the kids were little. Yeah. You know, you mentioned weight change. Mm-hmm. I know this is one you haven't really touched on yet, but uh, like period changes, like yours is very irregular. And that is something that you've brought up a lot. So, uh, Danny, you mentioned um, pads and tampons. If you didn't know, there's also menstrual cups. And uh, that is my product of choice. So because of that, I know my body's output. And that has changed. The length of time has changed. The days between has changed. Um the output during the cycle changes as well. That's happening. I shower at night because I can't sleep if I don't, but I go to bed shortly after showering and I get into bed and my skin just crawls because I'm itchy Mm -hmm. or for months, my ears would just itch uncontrollably. Nothing else, just my ears. There's no desire to exercise. There's there's almost the lack of desire to even have like sexual interaction sometimes like not and I'm not saying that in the fashion of like I'm wanting and you're not willing but there's um, times where there's just a complete drought of the whole thing yeah and even to the point where for me like I'm like I see you going through all of this hard stuff and I'm just like I don't even want to bring it up because but I need you to well I know that we we've had that conversation too but at the same time, too, it's like I'm trying to be very kind, cautious, yeah, kind, cautious, like sympathetic to what's going on. And, and you know, I don't always make the right decision on that. Just like you've got your own stuff going on. Well, too. <laughs> you want to confirm that you're still desirable. You right. Know, I still I still want to touch you. I want to be with you. But I understand that that's not where you are right now. And I mean, from what I've read and, and again, the videos we watch. It's a desire to not even be touched. Don't. Sometimes, I mean, it yeah. reaches that. Don't touch. Just don't touch me. Nobody. No hugs from the kids. And imagining that feeling, you know, being at a point where you're suddenly like, no, I don't even want my kids to hug me. Nobody touch me. I do understand that in a way. Again, my symptoms in my life, of course, are obviously nothing 
menopausal or perimenopausal. However, that emotional place where you're like, no, I, I just don't want you to touch me right now. Yeah. You know, that overwhelms you and it makes you look at your kids like they're like they're, you know, trying to hurt you or bother you yeah. um, or your partner. Like they're the right. enemy. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, in your heart, they are not. I love this person. Mm-hmm but I need you to just back off <laughs> and I just, whatever it might be. Just, we make jokes about needing coffee before we can handle people. Um, sometimes our emotions reach that point. Uh, again, perimenopausal is a completely different thing, yeah. but the understanding that sometimes your emotions get to a point where you just can't handle them. I think is very important to get, especially when we talk to how uh, dads are dealing with their partners and their partners, actions and reactions. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, you know, going off and complaining on Facebook, you know, this woman's psycho, uh, psycho and crazy are the two words that I think I see the most. And I'm like, it's neither of those by any stretch, but we, I think it's indicative that we as men are never taught how to handle that. Yeah. And of course, on the other hand, our partners that are women know are, never taught, right, are never taught that it exists. And I think it's normal to look at what you've gone through over the last several years, and think, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was seasonal affective disorder. It was the pandemic. It was being in that base. I mean, it's so many things that obviously are clues. Well, that's probably why. That's probably why. And to never have the understanding or education knowledge that no, it could be perimenopause. Because again, yeah. I'm thinking fifties, fifties and sixties is when this hits. I'm but, 38. Yeah, I'm you're 30 thirty-eight now. A couple months. And in 2019, you're 35, 34. Probably. Something yeah. like that. So very young, way too early. And in, in, in my mind, to even think about menopause, exactly. really. I mean, you got a minimum of 15 years before you have to even think about that. Mm-hmm. And so hitting all of those things, one is something you're you're really going to blame on something else that's natural. Right. But I want to talk for a minute about how your doctor reacted and what the uh, what what you felt from your doctor, and yeah. if it wasn't your specifically, what many doctors end up doing. So number one, I am a advocate for using all of the insurance that you pay for. So do that. And I do go and get my yearly exam with my OB just to make sure everything is good. The pap smears, Mm -hmm. all of that. And if you don't know men, if you've never understood what a true pap smear is, you should. Ladies too. No idea. Literally no idea. (laughs) I just know it's a thing. We won't rabbit hole, but that's another conversation. So I am currently aware that I'm brushing into that zone of mammograms and like, Hey doc, when does this happen? And Hey, I have an eight-year-old. When do I need to start having conversations with her around this stuff? Mm -hmm. Like what, what zone of age should I be bringing her to the OB? And what are the things that I should be watching out for? Like trying to be a good mom and a good self-advocate asking the right questions, right? Perimenopause never came up, not once. Mm-hmm. In my seeking to find answers of what is wrong with me, I have gone to an endocrinologist and I knew it had to be hormones because nothing else that I did helped. Uh, my primary care physician helped with the depression after the reaction, I didn't go back to the depression medication because I was like, this is not the root cause. So I eventually went to a natural, oh, what is she? What is she called? What did I say yesterday, Danny? A functional medicine wow. doctor. 
There wow, we go. you have so much confidence in me that just does not ex- <laughs> need to exist because we talked. I, we talked about so many things, Corey. You we were, did. You were so educational, and brought so many things to the table. I don't remember everything. That's what it is. It's not that I'm an idiot. I swear. And you but, slept. It's okay. Yeah, yeah functional, I've slept since. A functional, functional medicine doctor. Um, she is not covered by insurance. However, she's not cheap either. <laughs> she's not, but well worth it. She listened. She heard all of my symptoms and she said, we're going to figure this out. And the things that you are identifying could be X, Y, and Z, including my migraines, including my weight gain, including family history items. And she said, I want to do some testing, blood tests, and I want to do a hormone test that is not just blood work. That is actually a urine test called the Dutch test. Again, not cheap. Other doctors are going to charge you $1,500 to $1,800. And she said, I I charge you retail. It's $300. I don't believe in breaking your bank account to give you the help that you need. And I said, okay, some things happened. I had to take some uh, steroids. You can't do this test on steroids. And stress happened, and I delayed that test because of all of the things, but eventually found out that I am estrogen dominant and progesterone deficient. So I am now on the path. This has been a three-month-in-at-this-point journey to balancing hormones and seeking relief from all of the symptoms that I currently experience. In alliance with that, I have been working with a bariatric doctor for a year and three months, which I actually started with that doctor before the functional medicine doctor, Mm -hmm. because I said, look, the depression is connected to the weight. And the more I gain, the more depressed I'm getting. So I need to get that under control. And it has nothing to do with my ability to lose weight. It has everything to do with my brain chemistry and it hijacks every time I'm tired, I want food. Every time I'm happy, I'm celebrating with sugar. Every time I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I want ice cream. Every emotion was sugar, 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 and I couldn't control it. So I said, I need help. I'm on medication for that. And since that, I have lost uh, over 40 pounds at this point. And I'm down to 188 roughly at the moment and seen a lot of success. I was actually just telling Brock, um, this pair of jeans that I'm wearing, I can now pull on and off without unzipping and unbuttoning. Uh, This is a really fantastic problem, but I think I need a new pair of jeans. Yep, exactly. And that's such a great amount of weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you said 44. Yeah. So that's like... Almost six gallons of milk. Try to carry six gallons of milk, right? That is almost my eight-year-old. Uh, yeah, right. It's another person. It's, it's a small person. It's, it's almost person. my Australian Shepherd dog, who's fifty pounds. Well, that's a tremendous accomplishment, and I know because it's one you recognize that it's an emotional thing, mm-hmm. which I think is a really big thing for a lot of people. We talk about uh, now. I don't do this in my family, but there are families out there who say, well, we don't use food as a reward. 
You know, you do something great. We don't go get an ice cream cone. We go have an experience or we go do something, but it's not, oh, here's food to reward you for doing good things. Um, I don't do that because I was raised on food or on a lack of food, whatever. And yeah. I have those issues and I pass them on to my kids. You're welcome. But for you to recognize that I'm an emotional eater and it's not like negative emotions. It's not necessarily positive emotions. It's just everything that, it, <laughs> yeah. that for this experience, I need to do this thing. And it, it reminds me very much of um, my second wife when she quit smoking and we would go on a long road trip together because she used to road trip a lot mm -hmm. and she would need something in her hand. She said, I'm just in the habit of having something in this hand. I got to, right, there you go. I got to hold a pen. I got to, yeah, exactly. We didn't have fidgets at the time. And she was like, I need something in my hand. Give me a pen, give me something. And it was that this is the established way that I do things. Like we go to a movie, you have popcorn. Yep. Why, why do I have popcorn? You have to have popcorn to enjoy the movie. I do. I have to have popcorn. No. So I want to just point out just yeah. the brilliance of of the self-awareness of looking at it and going well this is an emotional problem you know there may be other things adding to it but i want to just congratulate yeah. you on that because not only the great weight loss but in recognizing oh this is what's going on within me and this is something that i want to to work with so i just congratulations on that thank you uh the brain chemistry is a phenomenal thing and it gets out of whack. Mm -hmm. It it goes haywire. It it does things to help us cope in amazing ways, and they're not always healthy. But it's a survival thing, and I had to seek medication to get it back under control. And I have a long ways to go. Um, I'm shooting for another twenty to potentially 30 pounds. It just depends on where I'm end up being comfortable. I'm working very diligently with my doctor and it took a long time for me to get to that 200 plus point and it's taking a lot of time to get back down. And I'm intentional with my slow and steady because I want my body to recover slow and steady and mm -hmm. retain where I'm at. Yes. But you mentioned being uh estrogen like dominant. Dominant. Mm -hmm. And I remember you bringing up the fact that lifestyle changes. Lifestyle changes. Yeah, and one of the ones that really was probably super surprising to me and like I think a lot of people might be like holy crap like is uh plastic uh, yes. and, and the pack, the fact that in plastic products that there is estrogen, there's a chemical or, or, that mimics or chemics estrogen. that mess. Yeah. And so like, really? Yeah. And so we've had to go through our cabinets actually and um, see and kind of identify to that extent, yeah, I mean, but... to a full extent, but I mean, you have gone through the cabinets and been like, all right, what I... you need to get rid of. I mean, we use these metal, uh, water um you know mm -hmm. vessels now um because the i mean the plastic on the the there's plastic for the topper but the water is actually sitting in metal so mm -hmm. it's not got the same effect as if you were using say a plastic water bottle or something along those lines and it's not all plastics either um but yeah. 
And yeah, definitely look that up. Anyone listening, yes, look that up. BPA's a weak synthetic estrogen found in many rigid plastic. And I'm like, what? I, yeah. again, thank you for the education. Obviously something I, what do I know about? I don't know enough about testosterone, much less estrogen. So I, I really appreciate the education. Well, um, good, good. Thank you for and, sharing. Uh, so additional lifestyle changes. There are parabens in makeup and uh what's a paraben again i don't know this one <laughs> this when you is... have two bins close to each other yeah <laughs> thank you Sorry. for that class Dad. Dad. Dad joke. there you go there are are things that my doctor told me to avoid as i'm trying to reduce the estrogen excessiveness in my body mm -hmm. and balance this back out so certain makeups have this paraben chemical in them and she said i needed to stop using them uh, shampoos, conditioners, yeah. body soaps. Um, and you know, as, as simple as switching from the plasticky $1 loofah thing to a very organic actual loofah that it looks like a, a sponge from the sea. Fun yeah. fact that it's actually grown from a plant. Yeah. I didn't know that either. We're, we're aware of that one. Um, we use them for they're on a stick, right? It's the ones that are on a stick. They don't sometimes. have to be. They don't have to be. Have to be. Mine's We're, just got a string. Just, 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 just a. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and and I don't want to say because I want to add as much information as possible, so I don't mean to be interrupting nope. constantly. But a Go paraben, it. Um, it is it, it 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 is like you said, it's in cosmetics and personal care products, but it it can enhance the actions of the natural estrogen known as estradiol, est estradiol. E-S-T-R-A-D-I-O-L, estradiol, which I don't know what that is specifically, but just the fact that it has an effect on mm -hmm. your, your hormones. And it's just honestly such a revelation, both right. I think to me and to probably to a lot of people that, yeah, the, your makeup might be adding to the difficulties you're having with this. Well, that's, that's and that's the know. thing that, um, you know, looking at this and talking to Corey about this and hearing all this information, I, I got to thinking about the fact I'm like, you know, like this affects hormones and it affects mood and that kind of thing. And it's like, I think back to like the conversations of some of the guys in the group talking about their wives, how they act and react to different things. And, uh, you know, you have guys that are talking about that their marriages are falling apart for different reasons and stuff. And, I just think about like guys are like, oh, like my wife is crazy. Like she's, you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff. Like I, I, this isn't what, you know, this isn't who she was or whatever. And I, I made yeah. the comment yesterday that I said like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. And you were like, no, no, that's exactly what we signed it's, up for. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it was in sickness and in health until death mm -hmm. do you part, um, which I was like, yep, that, I mean, that makes sense. Um, but at the same time too, you have these guys who are watching this happen and they don't know what to do. And so they immediately draw and it off as that. Help. Yeah. And how to help. And the, the woman doesn't know how to classify it. And then you got doctors gaslighting it. And, mm -hmm. and that leads to things like back in the past where, you know, you had husbands who were basically walking their wives into psycho wards and being like, I'm checking her in. She's, she she's needs your problem. She now. needs yeah. super crazy. You know, she needs help. She's, she's off her rocker mm -hmm. or, um, I am just going to separate from you. And, you know, you see, like, looking back, like, it's a possibility if 
dug into with enough information might find out that, you know, potential divorces happen the, yeah. because of all of mm-hmm. these unknown changes and unknowns yeah. and right. midlife crises. So glad why that we're here talking about that. Now, now one of the things that I've been thinking about, and we talked about it earlier about uh, reestablishing intimacy or at least alerting your partner that you do desire them, even though if they're yeah. not ready for that, um, if, if our listeners are looking at their partners and they're thinking, yeah, she's doing all of that. Yeah. What do you do at that point? What, what would you say would be good tips to broach yeah. that subject to move forward with it and say, Hey, because absolutely. If I, even, even my wife, and she's more aware of this than I am. She knows, knew what perimenopause was. Of course she knew all the things she does all the educating. She can I love Marnie. reads constantly. So, and I said, so what if I had come to you and said, Hey, I think you're, I think you're experiencing perimenopause. And she said, well, I'm a very logical person and mm-hmm. I would accept that you believed this and why you believed it emotionally. I'd want to slap you. Yep. Because I am not going through menopause. And she was very, you know, very, very adamant about that point because of what menopause means for women. Yes. Right. So this is a very touchy subject. This is a subject you want to advance into kindness and love, compassion. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What would be a good way to, to approach that? So I'll tell you what we did. Um, now I'm, I'm a highly emotional person to begin with. Even before all of this happened, I have very big emotions. And, you know, um, I do want to share about this. And then I want to circle back to how do you help your kids understand too? Nice. Um, Yeah. So clearly I'm, I'm talking to him. He's seeing it. I'm feeling helpless and just exhausted. And he's seeing my symptoms. And what actually happened for us is he was looking at TikTok. And uh, one of the two videos that I think he's going to share or did share uh, popped up on his FYP. Yeah, it was from uh, Marcella Hill. Um, She is uh, Mm -hmm. the creator of uh, Wake Her Up. And uh, well, I'll share links for her stuff. But she's built a community uh, basically around this and has a books on talking about hormone therapy and different things like that. And she's got a lot of really good information. And uh, it it was interesting that we had been talking about some things. And then like that showed up on my FYP for TikTok. And I was like, I'm sending this to her. And I was just like, this seems to check a lot of boxes. And then that opened up a lot of things. And then of course, like at the beginning of the show, we were talking about the the Holderness family, which is a very well-known viral you know, family of, for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, videos and for them to take that and put it into a video as a joke, but at the same time as like a way for awareness, um, was it to me is like, all right, like this is being talked about. This is actually coming out. And, uh, you know, there is still a lot, a lot of studying to do, but at least it's starting to get that attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, in the moment where he sent me the first TikTok, I felt seen, loved. Um, I really appreciated it that it came to him first because now he understands a little bit more about what I'm going through. Yes. And it wasn't me saying, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, get on board, like me educating him. 
it felt more like I understand that you're struggling and having a hard time and I want to support you with it. So I see these symptoms. Does it make sense to you? Or would you agree Mm -hmm. with it? And the moment that it was there, I was just like, oh my gosh. And the ears, like the inchy ears blew me away (laughs) because I was like, oh, that's that's happening right now. And I hate it. Right. And that you're not the only person. And I'm not alone. Thank the Lord. I'm not alone. Right. Yeah. And that there's a reason for this. And I, I liken it to when you get for mental health courses, my, my life, but when you get a good diagnosis, like I was diagnosed as having, um, manic bipolar disorder and they treated me for that. And I did not have that and it never worked. And it just frustrated me and pushed me further. And then finally I got a diagnosis like, Oh no, you have CPTSD. And they changed the diagnosis. And I went, Oh yeah. yeah." And now I have people that I talk to. I'm like, yeah, I get exactly what you're going through. Yes. Because this is my, this, this is my, that. And to have that community, which I think it's great that we brought up um, uh, Marcella Hill and it's marcellahill.com slash community. And I, I want to stress that for people too, because a yeah. big part of it is finding um, what we can get done. Yep. You know? And she has um, just different information about doctors in your area. She has a whole database on um, supportive uh, community. And um, I think she even has a call a mom option. Yeah. 1-800-CALL-MOM. And To know that it's there, I researched a little bit, but didn't have time to really dig in as much as I wanted to. And I was already working with my doctors, so felt like I had support where I needed it. But for those who are just starting on this journey, that's a really great place to start. And being able to identify and put some things down, like I said, I didn't even realize that this was starting and until I had a conversation yesterday with the two of you and reflected on, okay, oh gosh, I did have depressive symptoms in 19. I wonder if that's when this really started creeping right. in. Yeah. Um, And it can last anywhere from two to 10 to, I've heard up to 15 years prior to menopause itself. Uh, so that's a resource for sure. Try to talk to your OBGYNs. Um, if they're not giving you the information that you're looking for. If they don't have information, if they gaslight you, go find another doctor. Yeah. Like fire them and get a different one. You are empowered to fire your doctors. They don't know everything. And that's all I want to say on that. But circling back to talking to your kids and helping them understand, they see us. They know there's stuff going on. They know mm-hmm. that we struggle and the biggest thing that I try to do is say, hey, you know how you have really big emotions? Mama has really big emotions. And I'm having a really hard time. And my body is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's what the kids are going exactly. through. <laughs> um, in the Holderness video, she says, it's like going through puberty without without the... It's like Acne. Re- no, you have uh, acne. You I still definitely have acne. acne. Yeah. She points that out on the, the video. She oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was. Um, I forget now. But anyway. I, I'm not 20-something, or I'm not a teenager anymore. I, I'm i going through hormonal changes, and it, I remember being 
having mood swings as a teenager and not having an explanation for them. And now I'm doing it again. And I'm like, this I did this once. I shouldn't have to do it again. This is mm-hmm. stupid. <sighs> Fine. So it just trying to be open and honest with them and saying, hey, I'm I'm having a really hard time today. And you know, I was crying over a commercial in the Super Bowl. And it wasn't even a sappy commercial. It was the one where um, they showed the actor that had passed away. Oh, yeah. Um, the the Apollo Creed. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I was just like, dang it, he just passed away. And I got sappy over it. And my daughter was like, oh, mama, are you crying? Do you need a hug? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. And she came mm-hmm. and gave me a hug. And I'm like, oh, this is really really annoying i shouldn't be crying over this like i don't know this man i just saw one movie that he was in but think about what you taught your daughter she now can she knows that she has the right to feel that way she knows Mm -hmm. that she she's intuitive and she was correct and i did Mm -hmm. not gaslight her so i affirmed her and allowed her to comfort me in that moment and um, that's a skill that she is learning and she's so gifted at it that I want to encourage it. Um, hey, there's nothing wrong with crying at commercials. I have always shed a tear at Christmas time whenever the old Folgers crystal commercial comes up with the uh, guy who comes home and military man. I, well, I don't know if it's military or college. I couldn't remember which was they might have made two of them. But the first original one was just somebody coming home uh surprising their parents making uh coffee and waking everybody up in the house yeah. or whatever it's just like i i can't not shed a tear to that mm-hmm. one <laughs> I, i'm so. with you i mean i'm looking at 1-800-CALL-MOM on on the website and i'm like i can call my mom that would be great you know i'm gonna ball just thinking yeah. about it so i'm with you of course right um but again uh, showing our kids how to deal with emotions and their emotions are good you know, you have these things and you have to learn to process them. I'm all about that. You know, and that self-awareness. When so, you right. Be moments, able to say, yeah, um, I'm working on this still. And I'm I'm going to be working on it. Even though I'm in my 50s, I will probably always be working on my anger. So I'm sorry that I, I got overwhelmed by it and that I took it out on you and you did nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe not you did nothing wrong, but no. you, know, you shouldn't have been throwing those things at me, but you know, whatever, but yeah, right. the understanding that we have that emotional self-awareness and the ability to process it. And I think that's a fantastic example and a way to take something that is a part of your life now, mm-hmm. you know, those emotions are there and whether they're logical or not, if they overwhelm you or not, they're there and not going away probably for a very long time. So being able to take it in stride and say, this is how our family does now. This is what we're dealing with, which I I think is delightful and beautiful. Definitely. So we're coming up against our time. Uh, Mm -hmm. This has been a deep, deep subject, which I think we'll end up having a part two for, honestly, because I'd I'd really like to um, get a professional um, maybe even Mm -hmm. Marcella Hill. It would be awesome if she she could come on the show. uh, But well. I have emailed her as the vice president of the National At Home Dad Network, Look and we'll you. see. Throw in the cloud uh, well around. <laughs> right? Well, it's one of those things. I'm like, wait, some guy? Oh, the vice president. 
Oh, what is that? There's a lot <laughs> of there's a lot of clout in that, and yes. and there are times. Usually, I don't use that one, but um, yeah, yeah, it, comes I, in I, handy. <laughs> it would be great. She does do speaking um, engagements, and I don't know that we could afford her, but. I'm hoping that at least we can get some interaction, of course, boost their signal as much as we can, but yeah. also that they can offer resources to our organization, to yeah. our members and to our listeners that we can't get in any other way. You know, we, we need that information as much as anything else. So. Well, and I think too, having Corey back on in a few months to kind of mm -hmm. see where things have progressed as well. Um, would be good you know, six months or so and yeah. circle back yeah. to it and if you're good with it Corey, i'd love yeah, it absolutely i i'm happy to continue to share my journey and um what other hurdles that i have found or successes and the one thing that i didn't realize until uh you asked me yesterday danny was how do i feel about a part of me literally dying or starting to die as mm -hmm someone who has not had uh, surgically altered reproductive organs, I hadn't thought about that part. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to start grieving and processing. And, you know, we made the decision a long time ago that we were not going to have any more biological children. And I, we were really okay with that. And thankfully my beloved husband here took the, responsibility and had a vasectomy, which I'm so blessed by, but it didn't occur to me that, oh, down the road, my body's going to change and this, this will stop. Women have a, only a set number of eggs that we have from the moment that we are developed in our mother's wombs. Mm -hmm. And for that time, a fun fact, there are three generations being held in one because you have the baby who has her own eggs and you have the mother who has her own eggs. So gotcha. in that pregnancy, you have three generations held in one, which is a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. But then you come to this, this time in your life where you're like, Oh, it's going to stop. I don't, I don't know that I like that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that I like that part of death. And it's it's hard um, to think that I no longer have the capability to give life or mm -hmm. won't at some point. And it doesn't make me any less of a woman. It doesn't make me any less of Corey. No. Uh, it just means that it's a, a transition phase. And so for anyone who is realizing that that is the case, just as I am, please take time to think take care of you to identify what you need to do to uh, sit in that emotion, to become one with it, to find a way forward and just say it's okay. And I will, I'll, I'll find it. I just don't know how yet, but it was our friend, Danny, who asked the question mm -hmm. um, so that I could start that process. And I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful. It's not going to all hit me at once when actual menopause starts. Mm -hmm. um, so gentlemen, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for being willing to learn and uh, present this out to the broader audience. And I 
my purpose for today was not only to educate and share my story, but to help others in their marriages and their relationships with their partners, uh, support to have a better conversation. And, uh, you know, if, if one marriage has one conversation around this and it helps them navigate a little bit better than it was worth this time. Definitely. I'm very glad you were here. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. I just also want to state just before we head out to that uh, in no way, shape or form are Danny and I uh, experts. Uh, with Nor am I. Um, but uh, we also want to make sure that you're everybody knows that if you have questions or comments to please uh, send those to us. Um, that way, uh, maybe we can get them to Corey as well. That one should be very hard um, to get answered also. But at the same time, too, um, when it comes to also introducing this to your partner, um, just be sensitive to that um, on how you do that. Um, like I said, like I just happened to send her a TikTok and was like, hey, like this kind of checks some boxes that we've been talking about. Um, just when you present this uh, episode, either maybe walk, listen to it together or uh, just say, hey, like I listened to this episode and, uh, you know, you know, the, I didn't know about the, it. Yeah, I didn't know about this. What, topic. Whatever it is. I just I just want that to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, spur guys on to not be like, oh, how do I do this? But, you know, you guys are very smart. Uh, I really enjoy the listenership that we have. And so hopefully, uh, you know, you're able to share it. And also we have, you know, about a 10 percent uh, female listenership as well. So I hope that uh you feel seen. Um, and if, if you've got questions as well, like please don't have answers or answers. Yeah. Yeah. Be great. That would be great as well. Cause so. we are reaching out, literally reaching out to other organizations to learn more about this because again, never heard of it. Definitely. Not once in my life has anyone ever said perimenopause to me. So, and, and, uh, for, uh, Marcella, uh, I hope that, uh, you take the opportunity maybe to give us a, a, uh, an email or something and uh, we can have some sort of conversation with you. We would love to get you on the show and talk uh, further into this topic. So, but with that, we're, uh, we're at time. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, we will be back next week. So y'all have a good one. Good night, everybody. I'm a dad. That's what I do.